0: Welcome to the Truly Nourished Podcast. My name is Rebecca Laurel Hill. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and life wellness expert. This podcast has one mission, to help women break free from dieting and overeating patterns and transform how they nourish themselves in body, mind, and soul. Each episode, we dive into teachings and tools that will help you find more peace and freedom with food. More enjoyment living in and caring for your body, and more happiness and fulfillment in your life overall. Thank you for being here. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful listeners. How are you? I am fabulous, and I'm feeling very inspired today to talk about what I'm going to talk about. It's going to be a free flow transmission where I'm going to discuss a huge misconception I see every day on the internet and I want to explain it so that you don't fall victim to it. I'm also going to talk about one of the biggest challenges I see that some women have that keeps them from healing their relationship with food. Now the huge misconception out there in the world, primarily spread by social media influencers, and just the internet at large, is that intuitive eating is just about eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full, but this is actually a very small aspect of intuitive eating and really minimizes what it truly is. Now, of course, this is a desirable goal, living in harmony with our body, eating when we're hungry, stopping when we're full. Those are principles of intuitive eating. But intuitive eating is so much more than this. It has several other principles that make it what it is. And really, it's a mind-body process and a complete whole being wellness practice. Now, I'm not going to talk about all the principles of intuitive eating because you can literally drop that in a Google and it'll bring them up. However, intuitive eating at its core, when you take all the principles together, is truly about helping you become a person who is healthy, vibrant, and nourished in their body, in their mind, and their soul. And this, of course, aligns very much with my mission of being a truly nourished woman, which is why I love teaching about intuitive eating. Also because the principles were key in helping me heal myself from my eating disorder. So intuitive eating is a process that encompasses many, 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 many things. It's not just about eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. It's really a system of principles that you apply in your life, learn, understand, practice, apply, that help you find true peace with food, true well-being in your relationship with food, and true freedom and ease with food. It has so much more to do with working with the mind. The food is actually a much lesser aspect of the teachings of intuitive eating. And the biggest thing that we work on in the process of becoming an intuitive eater is working through the obstacles of the mind. I talked about it on a past episode. I think it was episode 42 about all the obstacles that our minds will create, the beliefs, the ideas, the misconceptions, opinions, rules about food, which are what block our natural intuitive eating ability. This stuff that's happening in our mind the rules, the food policing, the negative self-talk, the negative food talk, the body judgments, the self-judgments, the eating judgments, the food judgments, the negative chatter that you might say to yourself in relation to your eating, your body, or food, all that kind of stuff. That is what's actually blocking you from just being the way that you were born to eat, a natural, intuitive eater. Yes, an intuitive eater eats when she's hungry and she stops when she f- she's full. And she finds food easy and peaceful and she feels nourished and satisfied by what she eats. She derives pleasure from her food. She never feels guilty or fearful about food. She never feels worried about what to eat or what not to eat. She does not stress about food at all. That's how we were born and that's what we can all return back to and that's what I help people do. So it's all this mind stuff that is what we need to work on the most because it is the biggest obstacle to being a truly nourished woman who, as I just described, is completely peaceful, free, satisfied, at ease, nourished with food. So the obstacles in your mind, the things that perhaps get passed down from other people around us, through our families, from friends, just from our culture in general, influences of the diet industry, things you read on social media, things you read on the internet, things you hear on the news, things you read in magazines, things you read in books, it all influences our mind. It creates a programming in our mind, a set of beliefs, thoughts, ideas, judgments, ideas. And even if you've never actively dieted and you you know say, well, I don't diet, you will still have food rules of some sort, some sort of food, food policing that you probably do. And if you've ever felt bad about your eating in any sort of way or judged your eating in any sort of way, That's showing that you've been influenced by this programming. It's just pervasive in our culture, it's just everywhere. So, even if we're not actively trying to do things with food, with our eating, such as, you know, to lose weight and whatnot, you know, what we would maybe call dieting, we're just going to have these general beliefs and perceptions and misconceptions and ideas that distort our ability to truly be in tune with our body and be intuitive eaters now of course the um, degree to which this uh, is for people is very unique and individual some people have a lot of this and it really challenges them and some people just have a little bit but we all have some of it even me having done all this work and coaching and doing what I do and having come over my own huge obstacles with food, it's, it still can infiltrate me, but I just can pick it up immediately and be like, Ooh, there's a thought. That's not the thought I want to have. Okay. So none of us are um, immune to this because it's all around us, right? It's part of the culture. So all of that stuff has to get cleared out Because that's what's creating havoc in your relationship with food and keeping you from being that person who can have food just be food. No big deal. So it is the mind that's the root of all the problems or contains the roots of all the problem. Food really doesn't have to be so difficult. It's not meant to be difficult. And it won't be difficult any longer for you when we clear out whatever in your mind is being an obstacle and blocking you or misdirecting you. So, when we nourish the mind, like I talk about mind nourishment, with new ways of thinking, seeing, believing, then everything can shift. The process of eating, the process of nourishing ourselves does not have to be complex or problematic or cause us stress or anxiety, but, or ways of thinking and believing and perceiving and judging thoughts can create this. But we can get rid of the the ways of thinking, change the ways of thinking, nourish our minds in new ways so that it's no longer problematic and causing us stress and anxiety and all the sorts of Eating behaviors that we don't desire to have. Now, where does all the stress, anxiety, and things like food obsession come from where we're just always thinking about food, obsessing about food, worrying about food? Where does all that come from? Also, where does this heightened emotional state about food come from? You know, the feeling upset about ways that we eat, feeling strong feelings such as guilt and shame about how we might eat. Where does all that come from? Because food itself is just such a basic thing and eating is so natural and innate to us. We're designed to be able to regulate this perfectly and be in balance around it perfectly. It's all available to us. It's still within us, even if we're challenged. But where does it all come from? So why why do these challenges happen? It's because of the mind stuff the thoughts, beliefs, ideas, opinions, and mentalities about food that cause us to to stop listening to and trusting our bodies. It's like this barrier that gets put up that blocks us from being in tune with our bodies. If we're not in tune with our bodies, we can't listen to them, we can't honor them, and we surely can't trust them. And if we stop listening to and trusting our bodies, you know, once again, we're not able to honor them, we're not able to show up for them, even if we really want to be. So we do things like overeat or undereat or, you know, by um, ignoring our hunger, which of course leads to overeating later, or we're not able to feel satisfied by what, by what we do eat because we're eating according to rules, we're up in our head about it, we're not savoring our food, we're not being in harmony with our bodies and really enjoying food because of all the things that are happening up in our head that are causing us to restrict in certain ways or deprive ourselves in certain ways or just eat mindlessly because we're stressed about food. So the only way we can feel truly nourished and satisfied from a literal nutrition perspective, but also from a pleasure, satisfaction, and contentment perspective is by being in harmony with our bodies. To be in harmony with our bodies, we must be able to attune to our bodies and listen to our bodies for what, when, and how to eat. And also be able to tune in and be mindful during the eating process so that we know when we're satisfied, we know what satisfies us, and we know the perfect moment when it's time to be done eating and we're able to honor that. But um, that stops happening for us because that's how we're naturally designed, but it stops happening for us because we start living in our heads with these rules, these judgments of food, outsourcing our decisions for eating to a diet guru or some weight loss program, a nutrition expert out there on the internet, even your mom, your sister, your aunt, your best friend, everyone will have an opinion and a judgment. All of that causes us to start to live in our heads and think about food, overthink about food, overanalyze food, not trust our decisions about food, and to feel overwhelmed by food rather than just being in partnership with our body, eating when we're hungry, stopping when we're full, enjoying the food we eat, easily choosing what we love to eat. So what our body tells us that we need and want and crave and will feel good eating, what our body is saying in terms of it's time to eat starts to become blocked because of all the mental chatter. Having a hard time getting my words out because of all of the mental chatter. So instead of eating according um, to our body, we might eat according to a specific plan, a specific strategy, according to the clock, according to uh, an app or a calorie counting system or a macronutrient system. So it all becomes difficult because of this programming that we receive, right, the the influences from the outside that influence our mind programming, and then that which our mind holds on to. Because some of it our mind won't hold on to. If we have a strong idea or opinion about something, we might receive something and be able to kind of flick it away and not have it become our own belief, But sometimes we can be very easily influenced, especially by people that we might perceive as experts. You know, so I just want to say, like, I want you to always be your own authority and always take what I say and bring it into your own intuition, into your own inner knowing, and make your decision. Never let what I say also be the end all be all. But I would hope that you will take it in and contemplate it since I have walked the walk and literally healed myself from an eating disorder. So I know what it's like to walk through the fire and get to the other side. So I hope you'll take that into account. But at the same time, I want you to be your own authority in every situation. And even with my wisdom and expertise. But You know, Whatever comes in from the outside, we might hold on to it. Our mind will hold on to this because we do have this intention. It's a good intention. We hold on to it because we do want to help ourselves. We do want to feel our best and be our best and all those sorts of things. We do want to eat well. And if we have this idea that we don't have it within us, we're going to easily default to things outside of us. However, um, when we go outside of ourselves and go outside of our body's wisdom, we're going to end up finding eventually, and maybe many of you have already experienced this, that oh, this is not working for me. You might even have experienced this actually made everything worse for me, or I've been trying this for so long and working at this for so long and tried so many different things, but I still haven't gotten to where I want to go. That's because you've been defaulting to things outside of yourself. So we're never going to actually be able to get where we truly want to be, such as feeling good, feeling vibrant, feeling our best physically, mentally, emotionally, um, feeling at ease with food, feeling peaceful if we're always defaulting to things outside of ourselves and not following our own inner truth and body wisdom. that sort of outside prescription, uh, people telling you how to do it, telling you how to restrict this and don't eat that, that will always take you in the opposite direction. I talked about that on last week's podcast episode, 43. That is the old way of being with food. That is what takes you into the downward spiral. And then the other thing that will go hand in hand with this is that we will start to have a heightened desire for food and maybe even a heightened desire and need to use food for emotional comfort and a coping. Because it's true, food is soothing. It releases chemicals in the brain. It does soothe us temporarily. Also, we need it to stay alive. So our desire will always drive us to want to eat. So, so nature, you know, naturally made food soothing for us so that we would desire to eat it and stay alive. So when we feel stressed about food, restricted around food, deprived when it comes to food, really self-judging when it comes to food, any of sorts of these uncomfortable feelings, also guilty about how we eat, frustrated about how we eat, anytime we're put into this heightened emotional state, we feel this discomfort. And then often what happens is, on the other side of that, is um, we use this, this very substance food, the one that we're trying so hard to control and manage and restrict and deal with, we use that very substance as our way of maybe soothing, escaping, or coping with the emotions. And of course, emotions come from other places too, not just our relationship with food. They're created from our thinking, our perspectives. So we can have certain perspectives about anything in life that bring up emotions in us. But getting back to the point at hand, when we're living up in our heads, when we're thinking about things more than just tuning into our bodies to make our eating decisions, and when we're not listening to that intuitive gut instinct, that inner knowing, which is always the best way to make our decisions. I I personally believe, whether it's our eating decisions, but also every decision in life, is to always go to your intuition and inner knowing first and your inner being and intuition or being intuitive is just defined as having the ability to know or understand things without any proof or evidence. It's just that feeling. And women have a stronger sense of this too. It's that inner knowing, the inner understanding. It's the I just know what's right for me. This feels true to me. It's a natural tendency to know, to just know something. That's our intuition. And we can have this sort of knowing with what's the right time to eat what's the right food to eat. We all have access to this. It's just, once again, it's become disconnected from us because of the mental chatter. So when we're living up in our heads with that chatter, with the judgments about food, about our bodies, which impacts how we relate to food and just about maybe how we eat or don't eat, whatever it might be, whatever our mind's chattering about. And also it can be chattering about things about life, which means when we sit down to eat, we're not being present with our food, and that causes its own set of problems of not feeling that satisfaction and contentment if we're not being present with our food and really tasting it and savoring it. But anything about you know being up in the head, we're not connected to our body. So this causes problems. So we have an idea of maybe what eating should look like, But instead of defaulting to some idea of what we think it should look like based on what we've been programmed to think, we need to default to our body. And what is our body telling us? And if we're not living in our body, and if we're always in the mental space thinking about things too much like overthinking, because of course we need to think. (laughs) We have a brain for a reason, but it's the overthinking and the stressing and the worrying and this idea that we have to follow rules or that we can't have certain things or shouldn't have certain things. Then we cannot give ourselves what we truly need and what our body truly needs. So we miss the mark in a lot of ways when we're too much up in our head. We just don't make the best decisions for ourselves um, sometimes in life, but especially around food, if we're overthinking it too much and not and not just trusting um, ourselves and not trusting our bodies, so we can get sometimes some um, short term game gain, gains by making decisions according to what everyone else might be telling us, or according to what you read or a book or you know, anything. You might put something into practice because you heard about it and like, ooh, that worked. And maybe it really, really, really did work if it's fully aligned to you. But oftentimes what happens is like it works for a little bit, but then not so much. And like I mentioned earlier, it can just start to cause greater problems. And ultimately you don't feel satisfied. You feel very dissatisfied, With food, and sometimes very dissatisfied and unfulfilled in life if we do this too much in certain areas of our life, too. So, how can we feed ourselves well? How can we eat when we're hungry and stop when we're full? How can we eat the foods that are most energizing to us and also most satisfying to us and pleasurable? The foods that our unique body thrives on and that our unique body loves and that also our taste buds love. How do we derive real pleasure from our food, real nourishment, real health, real satisfaction and contentment if we're not connected to our bodies and tuned into our food? We can't. When we're all up in our heads, when we're in the chatter, in the analysis, in the worry, in the judgments, in the anxieties, in the rules, we're living in that it's this or it's that. There's a right and there's a wrong. There's a good and there's a bad. Last week I talked about the this or that, but it's not this or that. It's this and that. We can have it all. We can never expect ourselves to have an easy, peaceful relationship with food if we're overthinking it all the time, worrying about it too much, trying to do it right, because there is no right and there is no wrong. There's no correct way (laughs) and there's no incorrect way. Food is just food. The way that we find out what's right for us is by being in tune with our bodies and I'm someone, and once again, who comes from an eating disorder bra- background, I was totally up in my head obsessing about food 24-7. I still vividly remember those days. And then binging on food and then fasting to make up for it or over exercising to compensate for it, you know, um, the penance with exercise, the fear of weight gain. Believe me, I've walked it. I get it. But now I'm at the place where food is just so not a big deal. It's wonderful. It's freeing. It feels fabulous. It really changes your whole life. If like you've really struggled and you get to this place of freedom and true peace, your life will never be the same. It it spirals up in so many ways and it can be that way for you too. It can. And that's what I'm here to help women do. You can feel like a truly nourished woman in your body, in your mind, and in your soul by healing your relationship with food. Your body gets to feel vibrant and healthy and alive through your eating. Your mind gets to feel at ease and peaceful. And it's not obsessive and worrying anymore. Your soul, that essence, that purest part of you, that true part of you, you're able to nourish your soul with what lights you up and what brings you joy and leads you to true fulfillment in life when we're not having to deal with these energy drains such as our relationship with food or I should say our stressful relationship with food. That is what intuitive eating is really about. It's not just about, okay, I'm going to practice intuitive eating because this Instagram person said I... I should do this and whatever, (laughs) eat when I'm hungry, stop when I'm full, you know, nothing against anybody out there. That's not what I'm trying to say, but it's just, I'm trying to emphasize and obviously talk about that. It's much, 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 much more than that. And I hope you can see that now. It's about removing all the obstacles that are inside of us, the mental weight, the emotional weight that are creating these obstacles that the barriers to being the intuitive eater. It's about removing those, releasing those to become who we are really designed and naturally born to be easy, breezy, peaceful eaters, joyful women in our relationships with food. Now, the other thing that I mentioned at the beginning that I want to talk about now is it is about, um, what blocks so many women from healing their relationship with food. And it makes me a bit sad and also a bit frustrated at times. And that is shame. The shame that women will hold about their relationship with food. I personally feel like one of my roles and purposes in this world is to help women release any shame that they feel around how they might be eating or not eating and about how they think they should or should not eat. Shame basically is a feeling that comes from the belief of, I am wrong in some way, or something's wrong with me, I am broken in some way, or I am faulty in some way. And it's very uncomfortable feeling, a very uninspiring, unmotivating feeling, a very heavy feeling. And so, a lot of women will carry this around inside of them in terms of their relationship with food. And shame often arises um, moment to moment. And then sometimes it's something that kind of is always hanging over our heads if we have these beliefs about ourselves. However, if we hold on to any belief that we are wrong in some way or faulty in some way. And if we hide in that shame, if we hide, we can never break free into the upward spiral and become a truly nourished woman. So I just want to say, if you feel it, that's okay. But I don't want you to believe in it. I don't want you to hold on to it or hide in it. And I feel like it's one of my gifts to help women with this. Because, like, as you know, I had the past with food that I had and my own struggle. And many other people might have tried to project shame onto me or would have thought, ooh, if I was in her situation, I'd feel so much shame. Because this, like, greatly impacted my marriage and was one of the things that led to my divorce. I truly believe now the divorce would have probably happened eventually anyway, because we had become very different people. We got married very young. And, be- and I had become a different person. And I think in the long run, it was the best thing that could have happened to both of us. However, at the time, I could have carried a lot of shame about my binge eating and my bulimia. But I never felt ashamed. I absolutely didn't want to have it in my life. I didn't want to be this person with these challenges and behaviors with food. But I never saw myself as wrong, faulty, or broken as a person. I always just saw myself as someone going through challenges, but still really believed myself to be an amazing, wonderful person that was capable of doing anything she wanted in her life, including getting over (laughs) the eating disorder, which I did due to pretty much my own um, determination and commitment and um independence i really didn't use a lot of outside help at all and this is why i feel i'm gifted to help other women and this is what i want to bring to others this is something that i've deeply embodied a deep care and love um for myself which is why i was not feeling shame even though i'm as faulty as everyone else like by no means a perfect person who is, right? We're all perfectly imperfect, but I never feel ashamed of my faults. So this means that I feel gifted to be a stand and an inspiration to support and nurture other women to release any shame that they might hold because it's just not necessary to have it and it will never take you to where you want to go. And that's why I do the work that I do. I can stand firmly on the public space and stage and openly discuss my own experiences with food. And even uh, on the past episode, I've, I read some of my journal entries on that episode about when um, I was first making efforts to heal my relationship with food. And I just see them as they are what they are. I don't feel embarrassed or ashamed about any of it. And I'm actually very proud of that younger version of me, that younger woman. I'm very proud of her when I think back about her and what she was going through. And that's why I've still kept all those journal entries. And that's why I shared them with you so that maybe you can see the path that I've also walked, but also, you know, and relate to it. Uh, but also that, you know, you don't, you're not alone in the world. There's other people that are going through exactly what you've gone through and there's nothing to be ashamed of. So I'm here to help empower you to find your peace with food. Remember that whatever you're experiencing doesn't define who you are. It's just an experience in your life at this current moment. It doesn't mean anything about you as a person, as a human being about your capabilities, about your deservedness, about your worthiness. So I believe one of my gifts is to help others reach a place of deep inner knowing, inner love and connection to themselves, a connection to the truth of who they really are in the purity of their heart and their soul. Just like my own experience of never feeling a lot of shame has uniquely positioned me to be a helper and a guide, to be a leader in this space, helping other women step out of their own feelings of not good enoughness, their own uh, self-judgments about their eatings and, and, and about their bodies, and help them return to being the truly nourished women that they're meant to be, which is their birthright. The woman who feels vibrant, alive, joyful, free with food and in her life and peaceful and at ease in her relationship with food and in her life overall. And in upcoming episodes, I'm going to share some of my clients own words, some interviews that I did with a few of my clients where they had these shifts themselves, these inner shifts that took them from so much fear, self-loathing, even shame, deep self-judgment, anxious thinking into their own higher levels of peace and inner nourishment and joy. So be sure to watch for those episodes in the future. Also quickly want to mention the peace process is open for enrollment and on pre-sale pricing So if you're ready to claim your peace and your freedom with food, if you're ready to take back your power and be your own authority about how to eat, if you're ready to catapult into your ease, into your joy and into your vibrancy living in your body, if you're ready to feel like a truly nourished woman in your body, in your mind and in your soul, come play with me in the peace process. We officially go live in late January. It will be a high vibe safe supportive nurturing space to change your relationship with food just message me for the details on social media at rebecca laurel hill or email me hello at rebecca links are in the show notes thank you so much for being here because i love being here with you and i encourage you to go out there and shine brightly this week bye-bye hello beautiful listeners if you enjoyed what you heard on today's episode if you had some breakthroughs or an aha moment i would absolutely love to hear what those were tag me at rebecca laurel hill on instagram or you can leave a review on apple podcasts this really helps me get an idea of what's landing what you want to hear what you want to go deeper on so that I can serve you at the highest level. And if you can please share this podcast so that I can help more women, that would mean the world to me. Let's all rise and change this world together by living as truly nourished women. Thank you again for being here. I'll talk to you in the next episode.